Hi guys, welcome back to the Last Set Podcast and today we have a very special guest to close off the week. Steve, how you doing man? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm really glad to have you back because this is the second time we've actually spoken to each other. Yep. We had one, I think it was last year, I yeah, think over Zoom and now since then you've come a long way with your gym, The Wolves Den and here you are back on in person in the studio. Yep. And it's, uh, it's good to have you back man. What's, um, what's, tell us a little bit about you know what's been happening lately. Because certainly you've had a very busy past six months. Yeah, it's been a bit crazy. Like it's been busy last year, to be fair. Um, lots of traveling, a bit around traveling around the globe with competition and training. Um, just building up the gym, and then had a nice break over Christmas, and then straight back into it. Like I think this year is going to be pretty big, and we've got fights coming up straight away. So just just been like, I enjoyed the time off over Christmas. I'd take a bit of a break, and then now I'm ready to go like 100 miles an hour. Lots of things happening in January, February, March, and stuff planned for the end of the year. Some pretty cool stuff, which I can't talk about yet, but it's going to be some good stuff happening, yeah. That's awesome, man, because the I think the last time we spoke about uh, this over Zoom, you know, you were telling me that you had fights cancelled and things falling through because of COVID, yeah. and now fast forward a year, and you've got, like, guys going over to the Amsterdam, was yeah. it MMA championships, you've got yeah. people flying out of Eternal, yeah. you've got people flying over East kind of feels like now like covid's a bit of a thing of the past really for everybody i mean yeah hope so hope it doesn't come around again but you never know but um yeah it was wicked yeah i got to coach the australian team again at gamma which was um in the netherlands in holland that was an amazing trip took a few of my guys over as well as part of the team uh one before i did that was singapore that's when um Courtney won the worlds and then got the one championship um, contract. So yeah, it's just been it's just been great. And then from there, we've had lots of fights over East, fights here, and yeah, just just building up the team. We've had like lots of new members coming through, like high level guys as well. So yeah, I couldn't be happier. To be fair, I, I, you know what? You love your job. I love my job. So yeah, it's been great. That's that's fantastic. Because how long has the Wolves Den been around Perth for now? Um, I think it's. Well, obviously, I was Mac one before. It was me and Habby were running it, um, and then we split. So, around about COVID time, and then it was, it's been maybe two years. Two years. Two years, I think so. Um, and then it's just it's just been going stronger, stronger, stronger. So, um, yeah, I can't I can't complain. Everything's been going great. Um, lots of lots of fights coming up, as as I said, and yeah, just got a really good team at the gym now. Like. Really good coaches, like a couple of world champions, couple of just guys who've got decades of experience, but really good with people as well. So I can't be happier with the culture that we've got at the moment, and that's just that's just like flown onto all the all the um, all the members that we've got because they're they're obviously loving the experience of training there as well. Yeah. So since now a big part of what we wanted to talk about was the mm. trials as well, but mm. I wanted to like ask you, man, because when you started. The Wolves then, like, and you split off from Rack 1. Yeah. How did you build it from the get-go? Was it some people that you had to go out and find, or did they, gra like, gravitate towards you when you opened up? Um, no, it's because it's literally just a, it was a transfer of name, really. So although I was in the partnership and we were at Mac 1, all the people were trained at Jundalup were at Jundalup, and then most of the Aussie Park ones were there. You know, that, that's been established a lot more than I have. Um so then when we split, everyone, like most people, just stayed at Jundalup and then we just built it from there. And then obviously, then I just went in and went on a direction that I sort of wanted to go, which is not too different from what we were doing, but I really wanted to push towards the fighting aspect, um, the fitness aspect, and got rid of a few classes that I didn't want to do and just focused on specific things that I just, if I was in a gym, what did I want to do? How did I want to train? And I thought, if I'll do that, then I'm going to attract people who want to, train the way I want to train and then that, that's going to be that's going to be a really good environment to train in so if that makes sense of course of yeah. course so how do you structure your gym then because obviously now in this day and age you are you're open to general public yeah anyone could pretty much come in yeah how do you distinguish the difference between you know uh being uh, tailoring classes so it's actually for just anyone who wants to come and learn martial arts yeah to you know the high level guys that you have under your belt like how do you have the balance yeah. between the two well, we do like I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff with some of the fighters as well. Um, we structure that through the week, and then they come into the classes, and we've got guys in the class who are like absolute beginners, and we've got people who are like pro fighters, and they all train together. And some places don't do that. Some places go, okay, we're going to separate these. I'm going to put this intermediate class and advanced class. But my old gym in the UK, where we had multiple 
national champions, world champions, European, it was the same. We all trained together. And it sort of brings people up as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, when we're doing that hard training, we're put, doing pads or sparring, I'm putting people together who, if it's hard, it's, they're going to be the same sort of level. But it's going to bring everyone up. And then if you bring the other people up, now we've got more training partners as well. So it just, it just has a, a follow-on effect like that. So I have everyone together. We all train. And then we have separate fighter training during the week and we do our like conditioning on a Saturday and sparring separate from everyone else but I try and keep everyone together so everyone's a part of it as well fantastic so you're trying to build a bit of a group that doesn't really mm. matter what uh, level you're at pretty much yeah. everybody's equal yeah here. yeah yeah pretty much because I mean otherwise then egos come into it and stuff mm. and, and it's going to come into it because everyone's got one and all fighters need to have one a little bit but it just keeps everyone the same and grounded and man the guys I've got there, the fighters, the, the guys and the girls, they just help everyone. They'll help out so much and they'll help out everyone, bring everyone up. And it's just a great culture. So that's I'm just really happy with that. That's the that's the most, that's the most beneficial part about doing it. Yeah, so obviously this must have come from all those years of experience of like working in gyms. Like you said that you had a gym over in the UK. Uh, I was I was part of a gym. Okay, so, so like, tell us a bit about that. So I would train the gym. It was mostly a Thai boxing and boxing gym. So when I... I started like when I was a kid. So when, when I was eight, I did Taekwondo. I got my black belt and that. And I, I sort of competed at a high level there. And then I wanted to move to something different. So I moved to Muay Thai, which was a boxing gym as well. So we'd, I'd train both. And then that sort of um, that sort of environment there, everyone started to see UFC because it was just coming out. So UFC won, UFC, it was that, that long ago. And everyone wanted to start doing jiu-jitsu. So we'd try and find as many jiu-jitsu places as we could. And then I started to teach a little bit in the gym with the jiu-jitsu that I was learning the MMA because I wanted to compete MMA. So again, same sort of uh, theory behind it was that if I start teaching a little bit, then I can bring people in the gym and then I have more people to train with. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it was quite like a selfish reason to start teaching really. But uh, I was building up a team there. Um, and then obviously it, weren't, it kept going bigger and bigger and bigger and then ended up coming to Australia after a while. But... Uh, yeah, that, 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 that it was a wicked gym in the UK. It was really good. Uh, again, high-level guys, really high-level guys. And I think that's sort of like seen my sort of practices and training come over into my coaching. And now I'm definitely doing what I should be doing. Like, I should be a coach because I love doing it. That's all I think about. Mm. It's like coaching every day and I love going to work. So, yeah, I was I fought quite a bit in the UK and I fought a little bit over here. But... Um, I'm definitely I'm a I'm better coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, how old were you when you had your f- uh, first debut? In in what? In MMA. Oh, MMA. I think I was seventeen. Seventeen. At yeah, the time. I think I was seventeen. Um, from oh yeah, memory memory is terrible, but yeah. So okay, I came from Taekwondo. I trained over, switched over to Muay Thai and boxing. Started doing a bit of grappling. Uh, had Thai boxing fights, but then I moved over to MMA. Had the first MMA fight. That was the first one. Was like when you didn't wear any gloves. Um, you didn't wear any gloves no, but it was um, it was like Pancras have you heard of that before yeah of course yeah 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 so palm strikes punches to the body kicks and that and we, my first fight was uh, was against like, this Dutch guy it was a Hol- um, team from Holland came over really tough guys over there they were doing it a long time like predominantly stand up stuff that, that they were really good at but really tough guys and uh my first fight was funny because, you know, you have your first competition or your first fight and you're absolutely shitting your pants and you're thinking, oh, man, this is the worst. And then my brother was fighting on the same card as me. And when we were younger, we looked a lot, we looked the same pretty much. And he had a fight and a fight against this guy, this epic fight. He ended up losing like split decision. But it was an amazing fight. So my coach is like, a few, we had a few losses in England, we had a few wins, but then he's like, oh, you got to go out there, you got to win this, Steve. Like, and he was pumping me up. So I remember having the, the British flag and I was walking down to the ring, got in the ring, and I, I'm a pretty chill out person. I never, I didn't know how I'd react in the ring, but I got real aggressive. What was like, your walkout song, by the way? Oh, I don't know. It was it would have been like some dance, because like, back then it was like everyone was into like, like, like <laughs> dance, like, uh, I don't know. Um, I think it was right here, right now, not right here, right now. That, that oh. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was that sort of thing, old school. Um, so awesome. I, yeah, I had that for a couple of fights. I used to love that song. And I went down the ring and I went in, I got super aggressive and I just kept taking him down, taking him down until I like, need me in the nose and he fractured my nose. But I finished the takedown 
Gone on top, ground and pound. I got this really cool Americana. The fight finished. I'm up, like, got the flag over. I'm like, yeah, I'm winning all this. And then I remember just going backstage and, like, my head was killing me because I'd fractured my nose. But, like, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to go out have some drinks with the guys out there. And, and, you know, it's been, like, a big event. I remember coming out and everyone thought my brother had fought twice. <laughs> so, so I was like, all the effort. I was like, no, it was me. He didn't go back in the fight. He didn't have two fights in one night. It was everyone was like going up to my brother. Going, oh yeah, it was so good. I can't believe he got in again. And I was like, that was me. And it was funny. Yeah, but what's the age difference between you and your brother? Uh, like three years, two and a half, three years. Yeah, and he's your younger brother. Isn't he? Older, older, older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he teaches in the UK as well. Oh wow. So he, he's a defense tactics trainer for the police over there. Oh, that's um, fucking awesome. Yeah, and he used to have his, his own gym as well. Um, but now now he's just full time teaching the police over there. Um, and he yeah, trains trains all the time. Just got his black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is amazing. Um, so that's my. I need to get mine next. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, quite there. H- how do you have the time? You know, how do you make the time, especially because you're a father, you're a business owner, mm. you're you're always at your head coach of like a, one of the best gyms in WA for martial arts. Like, mm. how does one? How do you find your own time to train and all that? Um, I try and train at least once a day, like doing something, whether it's a, it's a bit of rolling pad work the guys are really good for holding pads for us and stuff um or going out to places sometimes i go to a different gym and do some rolling and that as well so i try and find the time but if i mean you know it's like a competition like we're mma gym so one weekend it's mma comp another week it's muay comp then it's a jiu-jitsu comp then it's a boxing comp so you don't really have many weekends off mm-hmm. so you, we work monday to saturday then sometimes on a saturday night you've got to fight or the sunday or you're traveling to melbourne or somewhere to to compete so yeah it's, it's just trying to manage your time as best you can but same as same as like a pt you have some downtime during the day so that's the time when i can really get a good session in and then i'll jump in with the classes at night if like i'm going to do some rolling and that so yeah i just try and keep I try and keep as um, as fresh as I can. And then obviously now we can travel again. I, I've done a lot of traveling and training in different places around the world, uh, like multiple times. And that's what I want to get back to doing again. So every time I go somewhere, I'll train. Nice. So like uh, I went, when we went to the Netherlands, I was coaching the Australian team. I trained there because I love the Dutch kickboxing. I wanted really good gyms there. I've trained there quite a few times. Then on the way back, I went to Evolve in Singapore and I took a Courtney training there because we're looking to get one of the fights or one championship. So we trained there with, with the fight team. Um, so I'm just trying to make the most of every time I go somewhere, I'll train and learn some new stuff as well. Yeah. So Speaking yeah. of Courtney, um, we, I was there that night when she had a fight in Dragonfire Boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a boxing debut. Yeah. Does she have any plans to go back for that? Yeah, she? she'll be back. She'll be back. Yeah, she's um, she just took a bit of downtown. Like, it's been so full on with the contract one championship and it just uh, you know didn't, didn't go the way we wanted to. Um, but now she's, yeah, she's back into training. She's getting the feel for it again. Uh, maybe get like a pro boxing fight, maybe get an MMA fight, but get back in there as well. So yeah, it's still in the gym training. Just took a little bit of a break from competing for a few months. Um, but back in now, yeah. So lo- lots of the guys coming through, a lot of pro guys coming through now. Um, yeah, it's been good. Oh, that's good to hear because I mean, what is it? Uh, the last time I spoke to her, she you told me she fought up against what is it, Sage Northcutt's yeah sister. Yeah. And then obviously the whole COVID lockdowns and everything, it was hard yeah. to get everything back up. Um, obviously I've seen a lot of fighters they dabble into because my MMA is all these different disciplines yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see these fighters that dabble into just one, like you see a lot of them go into either jujitsu comps to further skills or to yeah. boxing comps to further skills. Uh, do you have any other guys that you pretty much do that, do that with as well? Like, yeah. you know, so you've got a few guys, mm. um, doing Thai boxing and all that yeah yeah, well. yeah yeah so I mean some of the guys in the gym they'll do Thai boxing that's all they want to do and some guys want to do boxing that's all they want to do but the ones who want to do MMA I'm like go on let's let's get a, uh, a fight in a boxing fight let's get a Muay Thai fight let's do some jiu-jitsu comps because you know yourself how nervous you get and if you're going for your first MMA fight you don't want all that baggage of really bad nerves and not experience and being in front of people. And also you want to get used to getting hit. How are you going to handle it? How aggressive are you going to be? I know how you're going to be in the gym, but I don't know how you're going to be when you're fighting. So until you really get in there, like you get some guys who are absolute like studs in the gym and they're just killing everyone and they just can't seem to put it together when they fight. So, and then other ones, you're like, oh, you're borderline, like, but you think you're ready to go and then they go on the fight and they kill it. And it's like, wow, where'd that come from? But you, you just don't know how you're going to perform until you're in there. So the more experience you can get, the more you can you more you can just get used to that nerves. And when you come to doing your debut in MMA, if that's what you want to do, you're going to perform 
better and more like you train in the gym if you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that's what i want because otherwise you're doing stuff and you go why why did i do that i can't believe i did i couldn't do this and my jujitsu is better than that my boxing is better than that but if you haven't done it before and you haven't dealt with that stress and that pressure and just that fear which is like just pure fear going into a fight your whole body shuts down and you're not performing like you should do so you need to get used to that feeling and you need to when you're put under pressure how can i deal with that yeah so how like how long did you recommend they would do that sort of stuff before you were like oh okay i think this guy's ready for his first mma fight now i I don't i don't think there's a uh uh, cookie cutter type way of doing it mm-hmm. so like say um in my gym courtney and frank they had the first uh fight they done jujitsu and that but they had first fight before they had an mma before anything else they hadn't done muta hadn't done boxing but then they did it afterwards so to get more experience whereas other guys um say uh like uh ashby's fighting um and he'd like had muay fights before i went to mma just mm-hmm. to get used to it and then yeah it's it, that helps them perform better and then um who else yeah there's been heaps of guys who like i thought they'd be better to do this first and get that experience and then do it and then you know that the striking is going to be really good or the grappling is going to be really good um and then they're going to like obviously add to that so i don't think there's like one way to do it and not to do it ideally you do a few things before just to get used to that to me it's just the feeling the the fear feeling and the nerves and the anxiety because when you're training for a fight um I don't know when you when you did your jujitsu comps. Did you, were you nervous? Oh, always. Exactly. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. For me though, it's a little bit of a different experience. Mm. Uh, I've said this before. I've done a whole bunch of. I did a whole bunch of sports growing up. Yeah. But when I I actually just have it, I just love competing. It, I can't really put it. And um, I've got a background of you know being in front of crowds. Like back right. when yeah. I was in yeah. university, I did stand up comedy. Oh really? Yeah, I worked yeah. as a mouse stripper for four years. Yeah. It's not too much different for me. Yeah, it's I don't get that crowd anxiety. I never really have, but I know exactly what you mean. Like yeah. walking out, it's the eyes on you. Yeah. You question everything. But one thing I always tell people is like in sports psychology, I always forget what it's um. It's when it comes to pre-performance anxiety, you're all, if you're aware of it, you're always going to feel anxiety literally all the way up to those last two seconds. Mm. But as soon as an event starts, it drops like right down. So I just tell people, I just tell all my mates the truth. Look, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. But I promise you once the bell goes, you're going to forget all about it. And then you're going to wonder why you even worried. And then the other thing I tell you as well is you have to, you can use it to your advantage so the idea is the more you practice something in training, the more higher probability you have yeah. you're going to pull it off. Yeah, like 100%. I think they did it a, a test on like basketballers. The shoot, shoot in the hoops? Correct, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the more three-pointers they shot mm. in training, the more yeah. likely they're going to execute yeah. a three-pointer in a game. It's yeah. the same as well with some, I think it's with some martial arts, like some disciplines like taekwondo or karate, yeah. they'll drill this one kick or this one mm. punch like a hundred times and then when the actual fight comes, they yeah. just do it and it's like clockwork for them. Yeah. So I'm always saying, look, this is what you're going to feel, yeah. but you can use it to your advantage. And all. Yeah, it's exactly what I say. I mean, that basketball thing, mm-hmm. I think the study was they got three different groups and one was, okay, right, you're going to play the actual game and you're going to shoot shoot the hoops the whole time. The other one, you're not going to touch your basketball. You're just going to imagine and visualize shooting the hoop. And the other one, and the last one was like... Um, uh, just throwing the uh, throwing the shots in, just one after they weren't playing the game, but just throwing the shots. And the one that got the visualization did just as well as the ones uh, who would play in the game, uh-huh. uh, just because they were just like doing it all the time. It's like the visualizing aspect, which um, is obviously a big part of it, and also getting the reps in, like you said, you have to get the reps in of doing stuff. And a lot of the time, it's a battle against some of the guys in the gym because MMA is all these different disciplines and you might be like an amazing grappler but maybe your striking's not so good or you might be an amazing striker but your grappling's not so good so then you're going oh, like, if I'm a really good striker like oh really, really fun striking because I know I can do all this stuff and I don't really want to do jiu-jitsu very much but you have to get the reps in and everything with MMA that's the battle sometimes in the gym it's like no you need, you need to do more wrestling you need to do more jiu-jitsu because otherwise you get, someone's going to see that, that, that chink in your armour when you're fighting and they go, okay, next time I'm just going to take you down. Or next time I'm going to stand and strike with you. Next time I'm going to wrestle you. So, yeah, it's just having the reps in as well, like you said. that That's what we've got to do all the time. Get the reps in, reps in. So it's like I'm not thinking about doing the technique. It's just like subconscious. Yeah, obviously because you have so much experience and you 
got so many fighters under your roster mm. how do you check in with them to like know what they're what they need like do you like sit down with them and like okay yeah. how's the things been here's what we need to improve mm, yeah so I'll, I'll message them and I'm, I'm seeing what they're doing every every week i ask them to send me the roster especially got a fight camp coming up they'll send me what they're going to train that week because there's no good saying you have to be in at 10 a.m on a saturday uh, sorry 10 a.m on a monday they're going i'm working it's just it's certain times you can train so they send what they've got and i go okay where's the grappling there where's the boxing there okay when you're going to train with me when you get so then we change and we sort of do it that way and then like yeah last weekend we all stayed back on a friday night and we put the, the big screen on and we watched highlight footage of all the guys they're going to fight and we all together watched it and go okay what would the game plan be to fight this guy and then everyone gives the feedback and it's like I know what I want them to do and I know I know how I want them to fight. But if they can be, especially guys who are brand new to fighting as well, they can watch us doing that. They're starting to pick things up as well. So it's just like, it's trying to educate them through just watching how people break down like the IQ of fighting as well. Because I don't know everything, but someone might see something different and go, oh, well, he just keeps dropping his left when he moves to his right. And he's like, oh yeah, sweet. We can, like, he does that all the time. So now we can use that in a fight. So yeah, it's just... Uh, checking in with them all the time, making sure they're on the, on the right path, and then telling them to tell me like when they want to fight, and then uh, when they think they're ready, they want to fight. I'll tell I'll tell you when I'm going to put you in for a fight, but I need you to come and say to me, I really want to fight. I really want to do this. And they go, okay, this is what I expect from you. If you can do this, then we might look at um uh, putting you in a fight in a month, three months, six months, whatever it is, you know. So that's yeah. awesome. And mm. speaking of. Like fights coming up, you've got a few boys on the eternal card coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got so a few on, yeah. Who we got that we need to look out for? So um, you got Moses fighting again. Um, he's going against Liam Hoskin. Um, so he's fighting against him, which should be a great fight because they're both like just young, just aggressive, aggressive lads. Uh, so that's the one of the fights on. Um, Frank is pro fight. He's fighting a guy from over Volkanovski's gym. Oh, uh, wow. Of that one. Yeah, I can't remember the lad's name off the top of my head. But that will be a tough... They're all going to be tough fights. It's not going to be... And, and I want them to be tough fights, so they, I want them to progress, like, a lot this year. So easy fights not going to be... Uh, not going to help him, you know. So um, he's he's got one coming up. Who else is fighting? Uh, Ashby, he's got a heavyweight fight. So he's fighting a guy... I like to say he's from Adelaide. But that should be... It looks like a strong guy as well. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a tough one for him. That's his uh, only his second like, MMA and then Alden Bates is back. Mm-hmm. So um, this is his first fight back since 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 Jack, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's ready to come back in, and he's going to go against J- John Vake from City Kickboxing. So wow. so it's like there's no there's no, he's, and he's got a lot of experience. He's a really good really good fighter. So it's like not um, there's no easy fights there, but it'd be it'd be good, it'd be good night. Yeah, because I, well, I see uh, Alden all the time training mm-hmm. at Revo. I yeah, was yeah, actually, yeah, I should yeah. tell you a story. So. Um, what is it? My missus, she does a uh, FIFO work. Yeah. She's a driller. Uh, and the, one of the benefits of her being away for two, two weeks at a time is I love to wake up early first thing in the morning. Yeah. And in, and it, sometimes I'll have my first client at 6am mm. or I'll have my first jujitsu class at 6am. Right. So I'll even get my, always get my weights down. So even that means I have to wake up at 4am. Yeah. Every time or almost every time I would drive to Joondalup Revo and I yeah. live literally six minutes away. Yeah. He's always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Al- he, not every time beats me, but nearly every time he yeah. would always be there and he's always over in the functional mm. area. Yeah. And he's just getting more and more jacked every I know, time I, I see him. Is he still fighting the middleweight or you well gonna, away, well away. Uh, so well away. You're well, gonna try and bump him up a little bit because Nah, he's gonna go well away. It's just he's um It'd be, it's a good weight for him. He's stopped, like he's cut back the weights a little bit now. Mm. Uh, he's doing obviously more cardio, getting the getting the stuff in the gym done. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know he's there every morning. I said, I'll just be tired all the time. <laughs> and I, you guys would get up at four. Yeah, I'm like, how how are you doing that? Like, I I just be knackered like by the end of the day because, like you said, like PT, you got your early mornings, you bit through the day, and you got your night time. So I don't know that that would, that would kill me. When, when you run this, I always tell, say to people, this is kind of my social life. You know, mm. this podcast is mm. my social life because this is talking yeah. to people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know it yourself. It's the difference between, I say this all the time, the difference between doing what you love or doing something you're passionate about and just a regular job 
is literally the hours because a uh, blue collar job is like the nine to five and then yeah. they're in work mode from nine to five. And then once it's five o'clock, they'll go home and do whatever or before yeah. then they'll do whatever. But when you're training, doing something you actually really enjoy, like the hours don't mean anything. You're not counting hours. Yeah. You're counting yeah. what you actually are doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's the main difference, mm. difference between the two. Yeah, I reckon. A and yeah. um, you really, uh, what's the best way I can say? It's how they get that flow because when you're in that state of flow and you're, you know, you're working hard and you're being creative, you're not times like a constructor. Yeah. You're not worried yeah. about what the hour of the day it is. But the main thing as well is I see with a lot of these fighters is that how it's one of those things that, you know, as I always say to guys, like you play basketball, you play football, but you don't play MMA. No. You know, you don't, um, it's not something you can just pick up like a little ho hobby if you yeah. want to be full time. Mm. And it's a lot of hours of training and a lot of those hours you don't get back. Yeah. So I say to guys, it's one of the, I think it's one of the only sports out there, or if not one of the few only sports where if you're half-assing it, you know, you're probably committing the biggest mistake you can because yeah. all you're going to do, all it takes is just that one guy, that mm -hmm. one savage who's been doing this all his life just to knock you out. And then you realize, yeah. Oh no. I know. Yeah. It depends, it depends how far you want to go. Some people have a dream of, I want to have one fight. I want to have one fight and I want to do the best guy. I don't aspire to get to UFC or one championship or anything. I just want to have one fight and just see what it's like. And that's fine if you can do that. But you got to still got to, again, put the effort in because it could be a very bad night for you if you don't <laughs> do it right. So, um, and again, you could do everything right. I said, the guys, like, they might lose a fight and they go, like, oh, I don't know what, I don't know what went wrong. I said, just it was the night like it was just the guy you were fighting. It was just the, the game plan. It's just the way things went. Maybe your cardio could have been a bit better whatever but you prepared fully for it but just it's mma you can win so easily look at the leon edwards fight oh you know what i mean i so said look at usman usman's winning that whole fight but he was kept composed kept looking that time and you see him trying to time that kick and then he caught it and just like just changed his life you know what i mean so one little thing you could do one movement wrong you get submitted you get one one movement wrong, you get knocked out. So yeah, you got to be prepared as much as you can, so you have confidence going in. Yeah, that Usman fight, that Leon Edwards. Mm. I reckon I own that. I was saying to this, I own that entire win to Leon Edwards. Sorry, um, Leon Edwards is coach. Oh, the oh, oh yeah. Yeah. fucking going mad! Like, come on, then, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Stop feeling fucking sorry for yourself. He wouldn't even look yeah. at him. He starts yeah. smacking him. Yeah. I honestly believe he mentally gave up. Before that mm. final round, and his coach just brought him back to reality. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Sure, I'm not, not sure, but like, he's, I, I love sports psychology. I've, I've always been into it ever since I started competing. And I'm always like yourself, reading about it. I'm doing stuff. I'm doing courses and things. And you have fighters like that. Some fighters are like they're going out to a fight and they're literally like, <laughs> and they just they're just like, are you, are you ready to go? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like. What, you got to hype them up a little bit where other people are just like so nervous and they're just like moving around. It's like, just calm down, try and joke around a little bit, calm them down. And it's that you got to be, you got to be quite knowledgeable how to work with your fighters and know what they need. Because one person over here needs to be, they need to be psyched up. We're going to go on right now. We need to get up there a little bit. Other people need to be like, calm down, calm down. So good, just breathe, work out breathing techniques and stuff. So yeah, have a good corner, like say, like Leon Edwards in the corner. That's probably just changed his mindset a little bit. Maybe, maybe he was given. I don't know, but like then he just like, okay, yeah, let's do this one more round. Have you, you ever know? had a situation like that where you've had a fighter come like a little bit behind last round? You yeah. get in the face like, all right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> stop yeah, feeling yeah, fucking yeah, sorry yourself. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I had fighters in the UK as well, and we had like lots of like guys fighting MMA and uh, Muay Thai and stuff, and I'd be coaching them, and it's just like, yeah, some of them, some of them just uh, you can tell when they're walking, they're not in the fight. So you, someone's like switched on, they're going down, they're there, ready to go, and like they're in the fight and they're going. There's some people like not there and they're listening to the looking at the crowd and they're listening around. You got to try and get them focused again. Sometimes I've had to slap them in the face and go, "What are you doing? Like look at me, look in me eye." And you have to like talk to them that way and just get that focus back in. But I've had guys who you're just losing the whole fight. I've had it before. Where I've losing the whole fight and I, I just go out and I've been able to finish it. Um, but if I hadn't, I would have lost the fight, you know, and I had fighters like that as well. So I think till the very end, just give everything you can because afterwards you win some fights, you lose some fights, but you want to know you give 100% mm. and you literally can come away and go, I couldn't have done any more. Like, I could not have done any more. And it's when you come away for something, I've got, oh, I've got gas in the tank left. I could have went harder. I could have been more aggressive. I don't know why I was hanging back. You know, that's the worst thing in the world and that's what eats you up. 
as yeah. a, I was gonna say, as a coach, what's how do you deal with something like that when they come back behind the stage? Like I had some more gas in the tank. Like mm. what's like your appropriate response to that? I, I try not to talk about too much on the night because the just the emotions are all over the place. And a lot of times, with obviously with the with the wolves, they've got a lot of lads fighting at the same time. So I've got like say you gonna fight in a minute, and then someone's before you's fought, and they've just lost. And it's trying to not bring this other person down, but you're trying to like sort of comfort this guy here. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's really hard. And you're trying to separate them a little bit because this one's like, I don't want to listen to this thing about losing. I want to go straight into to, to winning here and I'm going for my fight. So it's just, I usually say to them, I say a few different things, like just to like, you know, I say, this is how it, I think it went, but then let's go through it like a couple of days later, you know, because you're not going to take anything on board now. But let this, you know, and then on the night I always give them a message. Like once everyone's gone home, and I'm just knackered after the whole night, I'll usually message him and say, all right, whatever whatever I need to say to him. And then I'll say, let's catch up in a couple of days and then we'll have a coffee and just go over stuff. That's the best way because if I've just lost, I'm not really listening to what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I, I'm not going to take anything on board. So you're just wasting your energy. But you want to, you like, comfort them a little bit and say stuff and then, be truth to something. If someone's like really just not listening to you, you go, well, it's because you didn't do this. You know, that you, you want to say it to them so that it sticks in the head. So next time they go, I don't want to feel like that. You know, because everyone can lose. And you, again, you can do everything right and lose, but you just got to make sure that you that, that you leave everything in there. You're doing all the stuff you're supposed to be doing. You know, sometimes you're trying to do a game plan and you just, you just can't do it for whatever reason, but you, you're in there, you're the one fighting. You got to try and do what you can do and just leave it in there. And when you finish, you go, yeah, at the time, at my skill level, at my fitness level, that's as much as I could do. And next time, I've got to be fitter. Next time, I've got to be better wrestler, whatever it is, you know. Wow. wow. So what point when you were um, when you were fighting and all that, did you decide, okay, maybe I want to pack the gloves in and I want to just stick to coaching full-time? Mm, um, yeah, so I was just – I was competing and then I competed a lot at Taekwondo in my youth. Yeah, and then because it was a Muay Thai gym that I was training at, I started doing a lot of Thai boxing fights, and that I wanted to do more MMA, but like there wasn't a lot out there, so I would do MMA when I could, and then Muay Thai, then MMA started to pick up a little bit, and then I started getting, I never got any injuries until I hit like thirty. Wow, like I never got anything. Then then everything started to go wrong, uh, and I was getting injuries, and then the surgeries, and this and that, and I'd be out, and I'd be back in, and I'd still go back in and I compete, but then it'd be more erratic when I'd compete mm. um, like times in between and stuff so then I started coaching more and I was like loving coaching like it was really oh, good so you know what I mean yeah so then uh, yeah I mean I, I'd coached since I was like pretty young since about 18 oh, I was like I was coaching people I was, say I was trying to get people in the gym doing MMA when I really you know I wasn't at any kind of high level or anything but like it was just getting people training and then like I love coaching I just loved like even seeing people just develop and not that's just changing the confidence and stuff. So even if they're not fighting, like just by teaching them some martial arts and teaching this, I just love the whole aspect of it really. And just seeing the mindset and seeing a, a person's personality completely change from like someone who's just like scared of everything to someone who's just a lot more confident and they're starting to go out more and this and that. But then also the fighters, because I mean, I always love the fighting aspect and I want to see how far I can take people if they want to, you know, they have to want to do it. Um, so yeah, then I just thought, I, I want to do this full time. Maybe I can do this full time. And everything in my life was sort of, uh, sort of heading that way. And I went over sit back and think about it. I was like, oh yeah, that, that's where it's gone because I was, I, I was in the police as well. You were uh, in the police force? I was in the police force, yeah. Wow, how long years. are you in the police force? Uh, seven years. Seven yeah, years, yeah. what, in England? Yeah, a little wow. bit here, yeah. Wow. So I had that, I was doing that job and I did this other job before and uh, some jobs that, and I, it was like one of them things, I liked it at first, but then it was like counting the hours, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're saying about the job you liked? And uh, I was just, I was saying, I want to come out and I want to do something different, but then even, I was competing through the whole time as well. And I was like, I just want to, I want to take this full time. Maybe I can do this full time. Then I moved to Australia and I, I was teaching a bit in the UK, but not like full time. And I thought, okay, right, let's do it. I've done this massive trip. I've moved to Australia. I've never been to Australia before. I'm going to move to Australia. And then I thought I can do what I want to do. I started trying to open a gym. So then I opened the gym and then, yeah, then the rest just took care of itself, you know, so. Wow. Mm. So wh when did you decide that, okay, I'm going to step away from the police force and pursue mm. this whole like, full time? Was it? Just when the Wolves then opened up, or no, was it back when you were at Mac when One? I, when I only opened Mac One. 
wow. full time. Yeah, it was just before that I would get because I had to get. Uh, I did like sports science at college, but really, oh, yeah, and I wanted to do yeah, college, not uni. College, yeah, oh, okay. uh, yeah. Um, it's <laughs> I different. Get the difference. Yeah, because in the UK, it's like you go secondary school, college, yeah. and then uni. I did teaching at uni, to believe it or not, but um, I never became a teacher either. Well, so I'm, I'm sort of a teacher now, but um, yeah. So when I moved, when I when I came over here, I did my qualification. I've done cert three and four. I mm-hmm. thought maybe I need that, and I did like heap of fitness courses and stuff before I, I went into full time doing uh, teaching the gym, and then yeah, I just just went from there. Wow. So you've been pretty much coaching since you were 18 as well. Yeah. If you don't mind me, Steve, how old are you? 44. 44. Mm. So you've been doing, my math is so bad. Uh, I've been training since I was eight. So I was 36 years. Wow. I've been training for, but then like coaching like know, 20 years, something like that. 20, 20 plus 20 years. years. Yeah, 20, yeah. 26 years. 26 somewhere. years. Good. Yeah. Thanks again. Clear it up. <laughs> so I've been coaching longer than some people have been alive who were teaching. Yeah. So, yeah but uh, I try and stay relevant. I sound like that's what I'm saying. I'm always trying to learn new stuff um, because it, with martial arts, jujitsu, you're never going to learn it all. So like you're going to, I've done it for like so many years, but like you're always trying, I'm trying to stay fresh all the time and learn so I can pass it on to the guys because things change so quickly. I think that's mm. the best thing about it because mm. it's also a sport that's evolving so quickly as mm. well. Yeah. Uh, if you go back, you know, to the old UFC days yeah. and look at what we was using, it was like jujitsu was like the main thing that was dominating. Yeah. But now it's a lot, when I have fighters on, they always say that pure jujitsu on its own doesn't work anymore. Mm, like yeah. it's now it's not a complete system there is yeah. no they don't believe that there's there's argument there's arguments that they have and good like uh points that they have but they don't believe one thing that's um shared across everything is that there's no uh martial arts that is 100 percent complete on the ground and standing up mm. they'll have parts of it yeah and then everything is like sort of more everyone sort of morphs their own style so that's Obviously, we'll yeah. have his MMA. But for someone, as they go along, you know, you know about the Dunning-Kruger effect? What's that? Sorry, again. The Dunning-Kruger effect, where the idea that when you start to learn something, you become overconfident, and right. then you reach to a point where you realise you don't know anything, and then it goes yeah. down yeah. in terms of confidence. But also, as the further you go on, yeah. the curve goes back up because you realise you, yeah. you know more because there's so much more yeah, to learn. Yeah, yeah. And the, that's the main thing as well. It's like... People who are very, very intelligent are usually filled with doubt mm. because they understand that there's things that they do not know. Yeah. But there's people who they think they know everything and then those are the ones that really yeah. don't nothing, yeah. know nothing. That's the first point. Mm. The second point I get off you a lot um, to get from you is the idea that have you heard the saying, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know? Yeah, yeah, that's 100%. Really, that's yeah, really yeah, well yeah. going through with that. Anyway, so the next part I really wanted to get into just uh, um, obviously was one of the big things we had you on today is the event that you've got coming up yeah. next weekend. So mm-hmm. tell us about what's going down. So I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, with the gym doing so well and with the fight team growing and strong and that, I thought it'd be a really good time to do like an athlete scholarship. So if you look at like something like say Tiger Mutai, they've, they've done it over there where the the uh, they've given away like free like free training to certain athletes and being able to bring them on so there's no financial burden attached with with uh, with the training so I thought okay now we're getting to a certain point now maybe I could do that and we're going to do some an athlete scholarship trials where you get a full year of training mentorship coaching everything you'd possibly need all at no cost and but you've got to obviously commit to being an athlete at the gym and training full time and see where we can go from there. So it's like, it's really exciting. And we're doing the tryouts, um, not this weekend, uh, so next weekend, so the 21st, 22nd of January. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be really cool. Cool, cool. So tell mm. us a little bit, what type of, uh, like, so what kind of athlete are you looking for? Um, again, I'm not looking at like amazing skills because we can teach that. We can teach the skills. It's, I wanna see the passion and drive um, that you want to do this because as we said before to fight or compete is like so tough like it's so hard so I want to put them through want to put them through the paces and see who's going to keep pushing who's going to keep trying who's not going to give up because if I have that I can teach the skills or we in the gym can teach the skills um, so that's what I'm really looking for that just that drive to do it because as we said before with the fighting when you come to fight, you do your first fight or you're trying to get to a certain level in fighting, you're going to put, you're going to sacrifice so much stuff. You're going to, 
going to cut weight, you're going to be not eating, you're not going out with your friends, you're not going to to concerts with people, events that you're supposed to be doing, you're getting close to the fight, anxiety is getting going through the roof, um, and you're looking for a way to get out of the fight, and it's like, have you got a big why you're doing this, or why are you wanting to fight, why are you wanting to go all here, and if you haven't, it's too easy to pull out of something and back out and not perform as you should be, so if I want to make sure that these tryouts are, like, are trying to push them and see how much they really want to do this so the first part was like an application um one to see what their background was um in their training and then from there we picked the certain ones we want to do and then we're going to put them through like fitness like the fitness challenges and push them through the pace put a bit of pressure on them cause that little bit of anxiety and see who performs and who who's going to break <laughs> but just to see how, see how they're going to go from there because the way i see it with the fight is it's like me going like driving from A to B. So if I was going to go from one destination to another, it could be a smooth road, but fighting ain't a smooth road. So sometimes you're driving and you get a puncture in your tire. You got to stop for a while. You got to fix that. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to get detoured somewhere else. Sometimes there's a traffic jam and you're going to get held up. Sometimes you need to take a break because you're just so fatigued from driving because it might be a long distance. And the fighting's the same because I. I don't know many fighters going that don't get injured, who go into a fight and they're not like, I don't know, they're not having all these pressures and anxieties and, and everything that's going to be obstacles in the way all the way. It's not going to be smooth. It's never going to be a smooth fight camp. It's never going to be smooth to where you want to be. But you know you want to get there, so you need to have a big, like, why am I going to get there? You need to have a really, like, something that's really bigger than life, like destination, that, that, that those people who've got that big passion, that's the one I want. That's the one I want for the scholarship. So hopefully by doing this tryouts and the way we're going to put them through, we're going to get someone to do that. And again, I'm not expecting them like this person will be in one of the big promotions, whatever. No, it might be like they're coming and do some jujitsu comps. They end up doing that or they might get to the level, whatever the level they can get to in like the MMA fights. Because I really want to get them into the cage in an MMA fight. But, you know, everyone's going to get to different levels. But you have the passion to be able to do that and stick with it. And when it gets tough, it's like, oh, you know, maybe tonight I'm not going to train. I'm a bit sore today. You know, I'm not going to train. Maybe I'm not going to do it because of this reason, that reason. We're taking the financial burden away. All you got to do is turn up. Turn up, we'll teach you. You train. But give us everything you want with the training. Don't make excuses not to come. So there's going to be there's going to be uh, stipulations if you do win it. Okay. How much time you're going to train. Uh, we're going gonna to tell them like how many days a week we expect from you how many competitions we'd like to you to go into this and that so it's not going to be it's not it's not a free ride mm. if you don't stick up to it you, you've lost it you haven't got it anymore but like we're doing our part by giving it to you and we're at the position now the wolves then where we can do that you know so i really want to yeah i just really want to get someone someone through that and let's get this scholarship going so that's going to be a uh, take place next weekend yeah that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about some of the stipulations because I'm quite eager to hear. Do you expect mm -hmm. them to do like, you know, at least a few competitions? Yeah. You expect them to be training like at least five times a week? Well, I'll be go There's some things I don't want to go through through or through it but, uh, until we start going through with them. But yeah, there'll be certain times a week we want you to train. Uh, there'll be certain um, competitions we expect you to, to head towards of per year what we're doing um, and turning up and being able to just be like part of that team. So it's not it's not not unrealistic so some of the guys who are gonna go for it are from our gym some are from outside but and some of the ones in the gym are doing it already they're doing all this stuff already and they're just like getting on that way but it's gonna give them an extra boost by not having to have that financial um like burden yeah you know? mm. is this something that you you've wanted to put in because it's like something you personally have experienced because before the podcast we were talking about like the life of a fighter, it's not yeah. it's not an easy one. No. It, most of them live broke. Yeah. Is this much, something yeah. that you've experienced personally yourself? Like Yeah, I mean I mean you just you don't make a lot of money, so yeah, they all have to work for proper jobs. So like whatever job I was in before, it was always like long shifts. It was like ten hour shifts, twelve hour shifts, and you had to okay, I got a fight coming up. I gotta go running before I go to work. Then I gotta come back, then I gotta train, then I gotta go to sleep, and it's your whole life. So like if you can take away one aspect of that financial um uh, problem then hopefully that's going to help them push harder and harder but you, you want to again you just don't want to give it to someone who's going to be like sort of you don't see him for a week and they go where have you been oh I just I don't know I've been pretty busy and this and that and it's like well no you got to commit 
to what you're doing. Um, so it won't be unrealistic what we expect them to do. Like I'm, I'm not, you have to have a life as well. <laughs> like you can't just be like full on because you'll burn out as well. But it, I want to make sure that we've got the right person for it. And again, you might, might get one person this time, next time we get someone different and that. And it's just, I just think it'll be a good way to help out. And I, I've always wanted to do that. So we did some stuff in the UK where we were, we're helping like, um, people who weren't as privileged, we were teaching them. And I've I'd, I'd done some stuff here where I've taught people who, for no money and just teaching them, but just because I just want to help. And if people really want to do it, I don't want to do it. If, if, if they haven't got a passion for it, I'm not interested. But like, if they really want to do it, I know I'll always help out. But then I'll, again, I'm running the business. So I've got to like, this is the only way I make money. So my business is going good. I can maybe do this now as well. Oh, yeah. so this is, and this is the first time you've ever done it. Yeah. And mm. is this something you want to continue year by year? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Wow. Wow. And yeah. uh, so just give them a little bit of a, a little bit of a details on next Sunday, like time, obviously yeah. address, yeah. What, what time, when do you expect so, them to be? So, there's, there? so there's an application process. It's got a few more days to still apply for this um, to go through. Some so people. When, sorry, sorry. I just want to ask, when, when does that close? Uh, that'll be next week. Uh, I think it's Tuesday. Okay, yeah. so this is, this will be released today, guys, on Friday. So, yeah. guys, you have till Tuesday yeah. the 18th? Yeah. 18th. Oh, cool. so, so you'll go to the Wolves Den page, and there's an email you, you send through there. On that email, you'll say why you want to do this, what your sporting background and training background is, and basically why we should choose you. Fantastic. And just, it's just like a little bit of a spiel so we get to know you then from there we choose certain people to be involved in it um and again people oh, i'm not experienced enough in that it doesn't matter we need that passion and drive that's what we want then we can teach you yeah cool so they do that the ones that we choose they'll turn up on the saturday the saturday is just going through this is what we expect from you this is what it is and a bit more of an admin on the saturday uh talk to them um each individually and see where they are and what they want to achieve and then on the Sunday, they've got two separate sessions, which are long sessions. Um, one's going to be very fitness challenge. Like it's going to be really challenging. Like, so when they come into the second session, I want to see who turns up for that second session. So like, it, if you don't really want to do it, you ain't coming. So like, it's going to be it's going it's going to be tough. It'll be tough, yeah. Fantastic. But but it, not nothing unachievable. Um, stuff that our fighters could do. Um, so then you can keep up with them. You can be you'll be able and and again. If your fitness isn't great, I want to just see you keep pushing. I keep going for it. You know, again, we can create, we can make you fitter. We can give you more skills, but have you got that drive to do it? Because it's so easy to just say, I'm going to give up now. Oh, it's not for me. Brilliant. That's uh, the idea. Oh, cool, guys. If any of this is interesting to you, I'll put the uh, email in the description of this mm -hmm. podcast. So once they're in as well, so yeah. once all the trials is done, uh, how long do you roughly expect them to wait before you make the announcement of who will be the one who oh, will get the scholarship? It'll be within a day. Within yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just will, because we have all the coaches involved as well. We'll talk to the coaches. We'll have, have a basic idea who I want myself. And then we'll just, we'll choose someone. And it doesn't mean like we choose one person that these are the people like haven't accomplished a certain thing. It could be like really tight and think, well, this one maybe just pips the post on this one. And next time we can like, you can do it again and we can try again when we do the next scholarship, whenever that's going to be. This is the first time we've ever done it, so we're just we're just trying it out. And, um, yeah, we're getting more and more people coming through now because, obviously, with the UFC, the big fight in Perth coming up as well, more people want to do MMA. So a lot of people are coming through the gym now at the moment. Um, yeah, it's just good timing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Is there any additional information that they should know about or what to expect on the trials? Um, not really. Not really because if they apply they will send them an email if, they, if they're successful in the application of what we expect for you, what you need to bring, all that sort of stuff. And again, I don't want to go too much through the challenges of what we're going to do that's cool. because that's going to spoil it for the ones who are Absolutely. already doing it because I don't want them to have any idea. Again, it's like when you fight, you go into the cage, you don't know what to expect. This is what we want to do. We want to not know what to expect. You want to be pushed and you want to have no excuses. Fantastic. Of course, that's awesome. Uh, anyway, just to just to finish this up, man. Since you mentioned the UFC coming to Perth in February, yeah. uh, what's your pick? Who do you reckon is going to win them between Volkanovski and Islam Akhachev? Oh man, it's a good card, and I it's love that all the Aussies on. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be good to see all those. Um, I've I don't know. I like 
I like to say Volkanovski. I don't know, Islam's just a machine. Like, can he, can Volkanovski, like, just keep grinding on and moving, chopping the leg? Like, can he, can he combat the wrestling? And he's not going to know until they get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll go with Alex. Yeah. 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 I want to go with Alex yeah, too. Yeah. Because yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so strange, but it was announced recently that Khabib's no longer. He's going to be stepping away from coaching. He's not going to be coaching him. Has he stepped away now? I've heard that he's going to step away, but is he going to be in the corner for him on this one or not? I've, I, mm. I don't know if it's confirmed, yeah, yeah. but all the mm. MMA like news outlets are saying he probably won't be there for Perth. Oh, right, okay. Which is a shame because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would have. he's got a massive following here in Perth. It's a pretty big fight though as well. I mean, like, what's the number one pound pound guy in Alex on yeah. the list? And then against the... It's number one against number one, really. Like you know, from uh, from the different weight category, so it's a massive fight. It would have been good if had Whitaker on still, you know. Yeah. And then uh, and Kai France dropped out as uh, well for whatever. It, well, we've got him coming for a seminar anyway, so he's gonna. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- when can the audience um, expect that? That'll be the week before, the week before UFC. Nice. So, yeah, uh, I think I can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, we have got him and we have got a couple of the UFC guys coming, so yeah, should be good. That's awesome because I would mm. think I was actually sp- discussing this with my friend. Like when all the um, fighters come to Perth, like mm. I was thinking, where are they going to go train? Because mm. it's not like we have a performance center for yeah. them. Like they all had the all the local gyms yeah, and all yeah. that. Like, mm. have you reached out to any of them or? Um, not so much reached out, but a couple of like oh no, spoke to me. So yeah, There's a couple. But they legit, they'll just go and train when they can train. You know, it's not in that week. You're not gonna do. You're gonna like do a little bit of light stuff. So you could probably do it most places. But I mean, our gym's always open. You know, so we've had people in before. So yeah, should be good. That's awesome, mm. man. Well, I just want to say thank you very much, man, yeah. for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. I know that you're a busy ass man, and honestly, just want to say I wish you all the best for yeah. next week, mm. and of course, all the best for how it goes with the trials and cool. for your team this year. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and we'll be regularly having them on the show. Anyway, guys. Also, if you listen to any of that and you want to basically, sorry, and you want to apply for the trials or you're interested and you need more information, uh, the you, sorry, the email is in the link description. Or if you want to reach out to Steve personally, where can they find you, brother? Um, so just go to run Instagram or on Facebook under Wolves Den Perth. Um, you can contact me through there because I've got access to that site. And then through the um, the website, the actual email. So it's um, through the website that's where they can catch me as well it'll all come to me so that's probably the best way to best way it catches fantastic mm. oh cool well other than that guys thank you very much for joining me Steve sweet Re- appreciate it guys thank you very much for listening and of course guys I just want to say a big thank you to all of the Patreons and if you would like to become a Patreon of the channel then link is in the description and all the best for the rest of 2023 and that is game